Welcome to Raising Up Cops, a podcast about raising Coptic kids in Western culture, hosted by me, Madonna Luendi, and Laura Michael. This week, we are tackling a topic that has been the subject of much debate. We will discuss both our opinions and your responses on the idea of modesty as a Christian, oof, but especially within the church. And we also have a special guest with us today who will join us in this conversation, Lillian Andrews. We are so excited to have Lillian, who you may have seen or heard before thanks to her awesome blog called Lilies and Thorns, a Christian youth's guide for everyday struggles. There, she discusses lots of real-life issues that face youth today in the church. Lillian is married to Father Anthony Andrews, and together they shepherd the flock at St. Mary and St. Antonio's Church in Queens, New York. Welcome, Lillian. We're so glad to have you. Thank you, ladies, for having me on. This is a great topic that, you know, it's near and dear to my heart, which I'll also be doing a blog post on this week. Uh, So I think it's a really uh, good time to discuss it. So as we kind of mentioned, we're trying to, as we, as we always do, we gather listener responses. And so I put a bunch of polls on my Instagram account asking questions about modesty and people's experiences with it in the church. But before we get to that, Nana, can you share why we felt like we needed to do this topic? Yeah, sure. So I'm currently on vacation in another state and we were hanging out with some of the local friends here. And, uh, you know, the topic of modesty at church came up and someone made the comment quite seriously that Abuna should assign someone to stand at the door and any woman that comes in not dressed appropriately, they should hand her a tonia, which if you don't know what a tonia is, is the traditional deacon dress to wear over her clothes. Um, And as you can imagine, this evolved into quite a spirited conversation that lasted probably well over an hour. And in the end, we didn't really reach a conclusion, except that we agree that we should be modest, but the how to or the whether to make people comply was not really solved. And so I approached Laura and I was like, hey, this is what happened. What do you think? And now it's our podcast episode. Yeah. And I felt like it's such an intense topic. There are so many different facets. So we are going to cover a lot of different ground, but maybe go less in depth than we we might be able to in this short period. So I'm going to share each of our questions and let you ladies know. And this is the first time Madonna and Lillian are hearing the final numbers as they stand right now. So the first question is, do you have a personal dress code for church? Nearly everybody said yes. So 94%, nine and a half out of 10 people said they have clear thoughts about what to wear to church. Madonna and Lillian, does that vibe with what you've seen or how how your lives or your family is run? Yeah, I mean, I'll personally, we have very um, strict rules in our house about modesty and or general dress for going to church. And um, my kids from now, they have the same rules that, you know, their parents do. Like we have the same rules for them that we would have for ourselves. So my daughter does not go to church with sleeveless dresses. If she does, she's wearing a cardigan on top of it. And my son does not wear shorts. He has to wear pants. And they know what is their church clothes in their closet and what is their play clothes or going to school or going out clothes. So we definitely have a dress code that we abide by for church. Yeah, I would say the same. And I think growing up our, you know, parents, our servants in church always taught us you wear your Sunday best to church on Sunday. Like, you know, you put in so much effort the other six days of the week, but then you get really lazy on Sunday and kind of just wear whatever you find in your closet. Uh, I think it has to be more intentional and really, you know, putting our uh, best on. And 
with the definition of modesty, I think it could really vary based on how you grew up, the household you're in, the culture that you're from. Uh, you know, here in America, we've got a lot of converts, a lot of people from different uh, backgrounds, and you know, it's a very diverse uh, congregation. So it's very hard to put together a list or rules to say what's modest and what's not and how long things should be or how tight or how loose. So I think that's really kind of up for uh, discussion today. So the next one, next question I asked was, should churches have a posted or stated dress code? And we got split nearly down the middle. So 44% yes to 56% no. And it was really split. I was kind of surprised about this. So some liberal friends said yes, and some said no. Some conservative friends said yes, and some said no. There were men on both sides, priests' wives on both sides, northerners and southerners on both sides, and more than one set of sisters. Each sister said one yes said yes, and one said no. I was really surprised about that. So people from the same family don't agree on this. There were young people, like very young people on both sides, and so if we know one thing for sure is that people have wildly varied opinions on this. Like, I can't even say like it's upbringing or like the region they're living in. I, I don't know. Maybe it's like life experience or personality types. I'm not really sure what makes someone fall on one side or the other. And I personally actually don't have an opinion much. Like I actually don't. This is not one I have an opinion on. What do you ladies think? I get the appeal of posting a sign because it's neutral. You're not giving any certain, like no one's calling anybody out or making a direct approach to anybody. I do get the appeal, but as a modest dresser myself, who I didn't feel struggled with this, I've seen those signs and it actually did not sit well with me. If I'm being honest, when I saw those signs, I felt like it was very, even though it was supposedly neutral, it still felt very targeted. It still felt very, um, off-putting from entering into the church because I feel like I don't want that to be the first thing I see entering the church. I want to see the saint pictures. I want to see, you know, the, the things that I'm coming for, not a list of, you know, rules and don't come in if you look like this. Um, and I would hate, hate, hate if somebody saw that. And then this was like maybe their first time coming and they saw that and they were like, Oh, can't go in. And they turn around and walk back out. So it definitely did not, it, it was not pleasing to me though. I know I'm not the end all be all. I could see how both sides, you know, there's pros and cons to each. I think, Laura, I'm kind of with you. I don't really have a strong opinion on this one. Uh, I would hope that we don't need a sign up telling us what to wear and what not to wear. Uh, and that we really do just, uh, you know, go in with what we think is modest and presenting ourselves as best as we could. Yeah, I, it reminds me of, uh, we went to Italy and we went to the Vatican, Vatican City, and at the door, women were turned away if they were inappropriately dressed. You couldn't even enter the Vatican if you were dressed inappropriately. You would have to go figure out something, go figure out an outfit, and then come back. And I remember that experience being, I was very young at the time and I was surprised. Like, um, I didn't really know what to make of it. I was, I I felt like it's totally their right to decide what someone coming in wears. But then like, I kind of felt bad for those girls who had to like, what they like traveled all the way here from foreign lands <laughs> to right. come visit. But then of course the people inside have a right to their standards. I don't, it was, I'm still trying to dissect that, that image of all of these girls. I mean, it wasn't that many, it was two or three who were appropriately dressed in our group having to like leave and find a shirt, you know? 
Yeah. And if we are going to have like a dress code for women, I think we should have one for men too. Cause there's a lot of things that they wear, like whether it's shorts or graphic tees or super ripped jeans or whatever it is, uh, that's not appropriate for church. It's not just women, you know, it's both sides. Uh, that was one of the things, Lillian, that I really um, kind of wanted to get across was that I did, this happened to me at a church in Egypt as well. One of the uh, churches of old Cairo, they were standing at the door and they were handing people um, like shoulder wraps and also a headscarf, but I did not feel targeted. I was wearing a t-shirt and I, I mean, like it was a regular old plain t-shirt, um, but they were very much doing it across the board. Anybody that walks in, you just got it as part of your, your entry fee. Like it was almost like a ticket, you know, you, you got it. And I appreciated that approach. It was not singling anybody out. It was just expected. You walk in, you wear this and no big deal is made about it. I don't know. That sounds like a mosque to me. I mean, I've visited mosques in Egypt and that's what happens at a mosque. You get handed a giant dress to wear. I don't know. I'm, I'm very up in the air about this topic. <laughs> yeah. This is one of those topics, Laura, which I feel like it's all the topics we tackle. There's no conclusion, but it's just nice to hear what exactly people are thinking when they see these things and like how, what direction we're moving in, especially as we're raising up our kids. You know, what are we to expect? What are we trying to tell them? What message are we trying to get across to them? Um, you know, through all of these things. Yeah. Should churches have someone enforce their dress code? It was a resounding no. 82% said no. So that's 206 people <laughs> said no on our poll. Um, the follow-up question was who should do it? And at first it was 100% Abuna, but now it's become split 57% to 53%. So half think Abuna, half think someone else, like a trusted servant. We had someone say, um, you know, it could be a trusted servant who, uh, one for each gender, maybe, um, maybe explaining why, but yeah, usually there, you know, most people think, no, we should not be enforcing a dress code in church. I think in general, if you're going to make a, um, comment of any sort with a person about something that involves the church or God, I think the prerequisite is the relationship you have with them. So I think assigning one person to be the person for everybody is not necessarily the route that I would choose. I would hope that myself as somebody, you know, who loves the church and goes in and I have a friend who I love dearly and we have a good relationship and I see that they're doing something that I think is going to harm them in some way, either their relationship or whatever it is. I have that prerequisite of a relationship with them to have that conversation. I would not want a random person to then talk about it with them and knowing especially all the ins and outs of their life at that moment. It could be a, very, a variety of things happening with them at that time that the last thing they need is somebody to say something to them that is going to push them away. No, absolutely. I don't think there should be just one person assigned telling everybody uh, you know, what they should wear and what they shouldn't wear. Uh, it's like, who's giving them that power to decide what's right and what's wrong. So it's only going to be what their opinion of modesty is and not anybody else's. Uh, and then you also don't know where everybody is in their faith or in their struggle or what's going on in their life, like Madonna mentioned. So I could say something to someone I don't know, uh, and that can really send them uh, out of the church upset and not wanting to return. I mean, 
you know, obviously we should all be going to church for God and not for anybody else. And uh, whether we hear a nice comment or a bad comment, that shouldn't deter us away from um, coming, you know, for communion with God. Uh, but unfortunately, it does happen. And I'm sure we've all seen that happen at one point or another. So I think we have to approach it with love. We have to be very sensitive about it. And um, I wouldn't say anything to anybody I don't know, only if I have a close relationship with them. And I, I feel like what they're wearing is absolutely like a no-no if it's like, you know, terrible, which I haven't actually seen happen uh, in church. I think everybody really does come um, and try to be as modest as they could. Let me, let me derail here for just a second. And I'm going to put you guys on the spot and ask you a question. Cause this came up in the conversation that I mentioned at the beginning that I had with the people here. Uh, the a topic of clothing can be a kind of a divisive one. It can be very polarized, but let's pick something neutral at church and see if you would say something. Say, for example, in the part of the liturgy where we say you who are seated stand and you see many people that don't stand. Would you approach them and say, hey, you're supposed to be standing or something like say, you know, we're not supposed to be taking communion unless we're fasting, you know, for you know, for sure that somebody did not fast and they're standing in line to take communion, would you go walk up to them and say, get out of line? So here's where I actually disagree with both of you. So what I am on the resounding, no, nobody should be correcting anybody in liturgy, but I do feel like a neutral third party who is not friends because I, as a friend will never correct any of my friends that way. I, I just could not, I could not bring myself to do it. I, Maybe I'm not loving enough, but I would not jeopardize my relationship for nearly anything. It just wouldn't be worth it to me. I do, as a servant, think, like, for example, when I served, if I'm serving high school and a high school girl is sitting in front of me who is in my class or about to be someone I, I know I am her servant. And if she's sitting instead of standing, I might tap her and say, hey, it's time to stand. Um, but if, But if it's an adult... I would not, I, who knows? I mean, I actually, I have a specific story about this where a deacon in our church was new deacon in our church was sitting during the gospel or during something where they were supposed to be standing and a deacon who is in charge of, <laughs> of telling that people what to do, asked him to stand and he did stand, but awkwardly. And later I had to explain that he just had surgery in his leg. So he, he actually was not really able or supposed to be putting weight on that leg. And so no, like we don't know people's situations, as you said, but I do think a, like a neutral third party, I don't know. But again, going back, my answer is no, I really don't think in church we should be correcting people. I think like something like fasting before communion, Abuna should be making a general announcement. It shouldn't be singling someone out. I don't know. What do you ladies think? Lillian, I'll let you go because I posed the question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I think with those things, if I am in charge of younger children, whether they're my own kids or my Sunday school kids, uh, I want to be teaching them the right thing to do. So uh, when we are supposed to stand, let's stand. When we're supposed to fast, let's fast. Uh, And if it's another adult, you know, they know those things by now. I don't need to nudge them and tell them, hey, uh, you know, it's time to stand up now they're responsible for their own actions. It's maybe the younger ones that I'd focus in on and uh, try to teach them from a loving place. Well, what are we defining as younger? 
I guess is my question because Laura, our podcast topic last time was about correcting other people's kids. And we were kind of, you know, on the fence about that as well. And I still, to this day, even though I went in with strong opinions came out on the fence. Um, so what are we defining as young kids versus adults? Like do, what about the preteen teenager age? Again, if I am their servant, yeah, then it is my job to, uh, but maybe not with dress code. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I will share a story that one time, um, that like I used to teach high school kids and they were like my babies. Like we did everything together and they knew the rules, but they still sometimes came with all sorts of things. And, um, like if I felt I had a good relationship with them, maybe I could joke around with them. And I never really called anybody out specifically or anything like that. And we had a good relationship, but this one girl who is a great girl, I would say she was pretty well-raised in the church and everything, um, came to church with a very modest dress, but it was very sparkly. And the, I hate to say it, but somebody, okay, I'll just say it was the priest said to her, you're coming to church looking like a dancer. And this really just derailed her. I mean, she came out looking, she came out telling everybody she knew that this is what happened to me. I can't believe he said that to me. It really affected her deeply for quite some time. And this is comes back to the idea of how do you even define modesty? It was not like tight fitting. It was not revealing. It was not whatever, but it was too sparkly. It was too flashy. Like how do you, at what point, where do you draw the line there? I don't know. That is a very hard line to draw. Um, and again, you don't know how someone's going to take a comment like that. Uh, obviously, it's uh, not a very uh, nice way of putting it. I mean, I've received comments growing up in the church or even recently as an adult, as a Tessonia of like, hey, you know, what you're wearing isn't appropriate or whether it's online or in person. And and I have to just say, look, I disagree. This is what I think is appropriate. doesn't mean that you have the same viewpoint. No, I grew up mostly in America here. What I think is modest, someone coming from Egypt or coming from another area might not think is modest. Uh, and what's really important is, you know, my clothing is a reflection of what's going on inside, right? The outside is always reflecting what's on the inside. So that's what we should be focusing on. Like, where's my heart? Am I here to really please God? Or am I here to draw attention to myself? or to show off certain things. Uh, if I know I'm in the right place, and if you know that girl uh, that Abuna made the comment to knew she was in the right place and she was you know, going to church for the right reasons, it shouldn't offend her so much. She shouldn't be derailed by it. But I understand you know, the, the younger folks definitely take those things to heart much uh, harder than we do. That's a tough one. I'm sorry, Laura, are you gonna say something? Yeah, I was just gonna share one of the stories that were sent to us that um, what one younger girl was telling us that when she was 12, um, she was the talk of the entire population, the church population of women, because she wore shorts to summer camp. It was shorts that went down to mid thigh. It was 90 degrees. And she really felt like they were trying to control her. And she felt very shamed by them. And she's saying, even now, like, I, I haven't wanted to wear anything to church that wasn't modest because I'm scared to be like bullied by them. And I think that there, a lot of people shared that experience, talked about how, you know, some one point, one person corrected them about one thing, and now they're very paranoid. Like, 
like one girl one time was told off about her skirt. Now she never wears a skirt to church. Even if she, even if it is the right length, she gets like frazzled about it and is like, okay, well, let's just wear pants and be better safe than sorry, right? Even though it's been years since that incident. So I think the way it's done, you know, as Lillian is saying, is so critical. Like it's, it makes a huge difference. I think we can't shy away also from discussing that this has been a polarized topic because it it feels like it disproportionately affects the girls and the women of the church versus the, the boys and the men. Um, and I think that might be one of the reasons why it's such a hot topic is because it's always felt very one-sided. But the fact of the matter is modesty is a gender neutral issue. It is something that, you know, kind of like what Lillian was saying at the beginning, you know, your graphic tees and your ripped jeans as a, as a guy are still not considered um, your Sunday best are still not considered something that, you know, you would, you, you should be wearing at church. Um, is it covering? Yes. Is it whatever? It's not tight. Yes. But still it's not, like you said, it's not a reflection of where we are and what's inside you. Um, so I think if we can start at least moving in the direction of making it a very neutral topic rather than a one-sided discussion, we might have more success with, you know, seeing what we want to see mm-hmm. at church. Yeah, definitely 83% of people said it affects women more. And one of my thoughts on that is also that, as so two things. One is that we as women have way more options for what to wear, way, way more opinions about what to wear. But the other thing is also that society likes to send us a lot of, um, a lot of input about what we wear. You know, we are told on social media to be more stylish, to be thinner, to be this, to be that. And at church, they're telling us to be more modest, to cover up more. Like everyone has an opinion. The idea that the church has more of an opinion about what you wear, that's actually not true. We are constantly bombarded as women with other people's opinions about what we should be wearing, Mm. whether that's like on a TV show, a fashion blogger, like what we are constantly, I mean, there's like this constant input about clothing um, that, you know, maybe the church tries to counteract or something like that. We can phrase it that way. But I feel like, you know, it's, it's affecting women more and women constantly have this conversation about what to wear, like constantly, not just in church. Right. Yeah. And, you know, if you go to uh, a workplace or school, there's dress codes for those, you know, we follow them. We understand what's appropriate and what's not appropriate to show up uh, in those places. The same way we're respectful of those rules. We should, you know, be respectful of, um, the rules that are in church as well. And also just to always think of functionality. Like I tell my uh, Sunday school kids, like when you're going out somewhere, like think why you're going there, what you're doing and dress appropriately. I wouldn't dress the same way to the park or the beach as if I'm going to school or church. Uh, So just keeping that in mind, you know, can really uh, help you figure out what's appropriate and what's not. I do want to add to that, Lillian, you know, we had this discussion before we started that A lot of people like to make the analogy that, you know, um, there's dress codes everywhere that you go. So why should church be different? I want to say that church is not like any other place. And I want to make it clear that we understand that when you go to a place of business, the expectations are very different than going to church. And that the reason for that is, like I said to you guys earlier, when you go into a place of business, your boss is never going to say, I know you're really terrible at this job, but you should come back every day anyways. As a matter of fact, you probably get fired and sent home <laughs> for being bad at your job. But the church, however, 
you do come knowing you're not going to be good at it, knowing you're going to fall short, knowing you're not going to, you know, it, it is the process of perfection that we're, that brings us to church. We're trying to get there. Um, so at, as a foundation, they're two very different places. That being said, you made a very good point, um, Lillian and Laura, before that we teach our kids how to dress everywhere we go. So church should be one of those places that we're teaching how we dress. There is appropriate and inappropriate. Um, I think where we are drawing the line is the people that walk in who do not have a background in the church, who we know, again, this prerequisite of having a relationship with them. We know their background. We know where they came from. If they're just wanderers, if they're somebody that just showed up, maybe the even if it's the fifth or sixth time, we're not going to go approach them and tell them you should be or should not be wearing this. But as we're raising up our kids in the church, it should definitely be, I think, a topic of discussion, even keel topic of discussion. As a family, this is how we dress when we go to church. Not this is how you as a girl should dress. This is how you as a boy should dress. We all go wearing what we think is our best dress for God. And I think that's really important to clarify that we should be teaching that we are going somewhere important and not teaching from, in my opinion, not teaching from the perspective of not distracting other people. I'm not really a big fan of that right. um, philosophy. The idea that like, sometimes when I see kids walk into church and I see what they're wearing, I'm like, if you went to go visit the president right now, you wouldn't be wearing anywhere. Like you're so far slid back on that scale. You know, if you were going to visit um, just like the queen, you know, we just, it's so funny. We had, um, we had a cardboard cut out of uh, the queen of England that we were posed with this weekend. And so I was, it was thinking like, if you're going to visit the queen, you're going to be wearing something. You're like, even if it's not like, even if you don't have a lot of money or you don't have a lot of um, resources, you're going to at least try. <laughs> I feel like sometimes people don't even try when they come to church. They're, they're going to meet the king of kings who is their father and who loves them regardless and who accepts them regardless. But at least as parents, we should teach. And as servants too, people said, 82% of people said servants can teach a dress code in class, not, not in liturgy. People were really, servants in liturgy, 76% said, no way, do not correct them in liturgy. But right. in class, if you want to have like a general conversation about, you know, we are coming to meet the, sorry, the Lord of the universe, we should just try, <laughs> at least try. <laughs> and this know. is something actually I struggle with my son. It, my son is three and he loves what he calls soft pants, which are sweatpants. I mean, he does not like wearing jeans or dress pants or, you know, he, he would live in sweatpants. And every Sunday morning he argues and fights because he wants to wear soft pants, but we don't let him because we say, no, this is not church material. It has nothing to do whether it being shorts or too short or revealing or anything like that. It's just, it's not, appropriate for church for a different reason. And I think you, you touched on a really important point. How we are sending this message is equally as important as what message we are trying to send. And that is, are we dressing this way because we're trying to, you know, keep other people from looking at us? Or are we dressing this way because we have a relationship with God and we want him to feel like he, like he is an important part of our lives and we care about how we look when we go to church for him? Yeah, I think that's the most important part, really. Uh, if we just came down to focus in on that, of what's going on between me and God, we'll know kind of what to do. 
And it's also very important for me not to judge anybody else who's coming to church in a different outfit than what, you know, I would come in. It's none of my business, what their relationship with God is or what they choose to wear to honor him or what their Sunday best is. Uh, we really need to move out of that judgment mentality and pointing fingers or making comments uh, because at the end of the day, it's really not my business to impose my viewpoint on somebody else. Um, Yeah. And I also think that really, you know, you said it great, Lillian, that we really just need to keep our opinions to ourselves, you know, in general, I think as it's a great foundation to start with. Um, But I was thinking about how this door of pointing people out and saying like, you need to dress better is really opening the door for a lot of scarlet letters out there. You know, it's, it's really opening the door for what else are we going to point out about people that we know about dress is the easiest thing to say something about. Cause that's what we can see. You know, are we going to start also now grabbing people for what we know where you were last night and we know what you did with this, you know, person the other day. And we know all of this are we going to start advertising those kinds of things about people? No, we're not. I hope not. I hope not. And I don't think that this should be any different. It is very personal to that person and what they, you know, think like their relationship with God is like we said, and how they show up to church is on them. Not, not for us to figure out. Yes. And I feel like, you know, one of the questions I asked was, have you had a bad experience being corrected? And half the people said yes. And people sent in a lot of stories. A lot of people still remember being hurt by someone's comment. Um, Someone was put it this way, um, you know, closed regulation should never be done to an individual. It feels like God is rejecting that person. That's Mm. never, it's not never okay. We're no, no one should be made to feel like God is rejecting them when they come to church. And I realize that some people also have the opinion that it is not, it is not really our problem if somebody else um, takes it the wrong way when we're telling them facts. You know, if we're saying like, you, you really just can't do this and they take it the wrong way and leave the church, that's not our problem, it's theirs. But I disagree with that. I do think that we have a responsibility to each other. I do think that it matters what we portray. And I, and uh, a lot of people like to use the example that Jesus was all grace, but also all truth, you know, and um, he would tell people that, you know, I know what you were doing and I know what kind of lifestyle you have. The difference is we are not Jesus. Okay. We are his hands and feet. So we are to show service. We are to show love. We are to show all those other things. We are not the judge and jury though. There's a huge difference there. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I think that that's sort of, um, you know, one of the things that we need to to think about is how much we need to be loving to other people and be gentle towards other people. And I think that's something that we, we struggle with. Um, it's easy to just like let a comment fly. That's, that's the easy way, right? And so we want to be a little bit um, above that. And we want to be proactive, not reactive. And I think that's where, you know, the Sunday school servants, um, commenting should be, but 87% of people said no one should be assigned to correct an adult dress code faux pas. Mm. Lillian, do you have any closing thoughts? Um, Any other ideas about this whole idea of teaching modesty in the church? Uh, I think we covered a lot of really great points today. Uh, I guess one last thing I want to make, and I, I put this in my blog post too, is really looking at why modesty is such a 
a big issue or a, a big thing that uh, sometimes does derail people away from church or from others, other people's comments. Uh, and it's something that, you know, girls might feel a lot of guilt or fear or shame around because they were told for so long, cover up, cover up, because you don't want your brother to stumble or you don't want the wrong kind of attention. And, you know, trying to understand that when God created us, uh, he created us intentionally you know, with our figures, with our beauty. When he created Eve, it wasn't, uh, you know, random that he made her look this way. He was very specific in making us, you know, beautiful inside and out. And um, I don't want, you know, girls or women to ever think there's something wrong with my body and I have to cover it up because it might cause others to stumble really that's the corruption of sin coming into the world and we've seen how the world really has corrupted so many beautiful things that god has created so just remember that you know we're doing this to honor god we're told in corinthians to honor god with our bodies um and because our bodies are a temple of the holy spirit and it's a dwelling place for god as well so to really treat it with care and uh always putting on our best to please god and it's not just for others or um, even ourselves and our own vain glory. I love those final thoughts, Lillian. That was so beautifully put too about women's figures and, and guys too, you know, they have self-image issues as well. And we don't want to get the message across that you should be so worried about your body and so worried about the way it was created that it's a stumbling block for you. The conclusion here is we just want to encourage you all to take a moment of reflection, even as a family, you know, uh, before leaving the house, make it part of the morning. But most importantly, really, we should stay focused on ourselves and the reason that we are at church and in general, try to refrain from assessing what other people do or why other people do what they're doing. Yeah. And with that said, thank you all so much for joining us today on this week's episode of Raising Up Cop. Thank you, Lillian, so much for joining us today. Uh, thank you for having me on. This was a great uh, conversation. Remember that you can find Lillian at lilliesandthorns.com at her blog. And you can find us at raisingupcops.com or email us at raisingupcops at gmail.com. And we look forward to hearing you all from you all next time. Raising Up Cops is a podcast hosted by Laura Michael and Madonna Lowendi. None of the views expressed during this recording are the official stance of the Coptic Church or its hierarchy. These are purely our personal opinions, collected experiences, and organic discussions on selected topics. If you'd like to reach out with any questions or comments, please email raisingupcops at gmail.com or post on the Coptic Dad and Mom Parenting Community on Facebook.